Let me first, uh, I just want to first thank, um, thank Tom for just such a great communion and great um, contribution message. Um, um, I definitely feel as if, you know, I definitely agree that communion is just so sacred. It's such a sacred time. And, and um, you know, my heart goes out to, to Etta and how she's feeling as well. And, and my heart goes out to everybody here or anybody here that is not well and that is that's feeling, you know, ill and not um, uh, completely healthy. And you may may tell by what you can see there on the screen that we're going to talk a little bit about complaining or grumbling this morning, right? And so I will I will just preface that by saying that you know when we talk about health issues that that's not what I'm talking about right you know when we when we talk about health issues we're not talking about we're not we're not complaining about our health that is real stuff right there right and so i, I don't want to i don't want you to feel like that has anything to do with what we're what we're getting at this morning um but in any event, also want to want to make sure that we keep uh, those who are away at our brothers who are away with their sons at the uh, the retreat in our prayers as well for safe travels. Um, uh, my son and I are here, obviously. Uh, we're not we're not uh, we decided not to to go to the to the retreat, um, but we're also going to have some some more some fun here as well. So Travis is is having a good time. Um, also, let me just start off by just saying a prayer for, for those who are well. I, I heard this morning that Aunt Diane, Diane had a fall and, um, and so she, she hurt herself and I believe she's in the ER. Um, so let's just start off by saying a prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you in prayer, God, and we are so grateful for how you take care of us, Father. Um, we are grateful for how you love us, how you protect us. And uh, specifically this morning, I want to pray for Aunt Diane, God, that you watch over her, Father. That you, that you, uh, that you are uh, specifically um, wrapping your arms around her, God, and, and letting her know that you are there in her presence. I pray that she is well aware of that. I pray that you are with the physicians and the nurses and everybody whose care she is in, God, and that you are working with them to give her the best care possible. Father, I pray as well for Etta, Father, that you uh, help her to stand firm. Father, that you uh, provide the balance that she needs, God, and, and uh, that you help her to be well. I pray for Bridget. I pray for Mama. I pray for, I pray for uh, Harriet. I pray for uh, all our seniors, God, who are just are just having a hard time um, with their health. Um, I pray for the men who are seniors, Father, as well, that not leaving them out, God. Um, I pray that, God, you will be with them, Father, and help them to be strong. And I pray that you help them to be strong for their wives, Father, as well. God, I want to pray for this message this morning. God, I pray that uh, that this will not be 
my words, but they will be your words, Father. Move my opinions out of the way, and I pray that you will speak to your people. And I pray these things through your son's name. Amen. 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 And um, amen. Amen. So uh, this morning, we're talking about uh, this new series that we're starting, Can't Complain. Right? Uh, can't complain. It's it's. I want this to be a, a fun, right? But convicting series about um, about the often minimized sin of complaining, right? That fits with the theme, actually, of Thanksgiving. And this series is gonna is is to help us to have an attitude of gratitude, right? Going into the holidays. And challenge you to participate in what we're calling the No Complain Vember Challenge, right? And so the No Complain Vember Challenge. Guess what? I don't think. Can I? Can I? Can we lower this? Because I'm about to get really loud. If we could just lower this just a little bit. So the No Complain Vember Challenge, right? So um, you may have lowered that too much. But the No Complain Vember Challenge is is I don't think anyone is really gonna win at it. Let me just say that right now, right? I don't think anybody is really going to win the No Complain Vember Challenge. We are going to complain at something, about something, right? It's not like we're going to go through all November and don't complain at all. It ain't going to happen. But still, nevertheless, we'll just have a No Complain Vember Challenge anyway. All right? It's, it's, it's simple. Do your best not to complain. And see the power of thanksgiving be unleashed in your life. And so I'll say this, this message, you know, I toiled over because there is so much to say about the subject of complaining. And I had to remember that this is only an introduction message, right? That we have four weeks to come in this, right? And so this is just an introduction um, but even the text for today is a full teaching on reasons not to complain. So I'll do my best to, to be concise this morning. And so let us, be, let us start with a few useful quotes about complaining. So William Arthur, he says, a complaining tongue reveals an ungrateful heart. Benjamin Franklin, he says, any fool can criticize, condemn, and complain, and most fools do. Right? Warren Wearsby, he writes commentaries. He says, instead of, instead of complaining about what we don't have, let's enjoy what we do have. And thank God for it. And so, you know, as we we surf the internet and we we look at different things on, online, we come across what what we've what they say is are the seven deadly sins, right? Some some say that you know you find some of these in the scriptures, and of course we do, right? We find some of these seven deadly sins in the scriptures, and and you know we can have fun with some of them, but some, but 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 in fact they're really serious, right? And so traditionally, what we find 
these as, as these seven deadly sins is pride is one, right? Greed, wrath, envy, lust, gluttony, and sloth, right? That sloth one is pretty popular, <laughs> right? The sleeping in sometimes and the and the sleeping for hours and yeah the the laziness yeah that one's pretty popular, right? Um, and so and so we see these and and but one one that we don't see in these seven to, or to make it eight deadly sins is complaining. It's not on there. We don't see that as being very bad. Because, and it's something that we do every day and we don't look at it like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I am complaining right now. When we look at these other things like pride, we will even go to somebody and be like, and be like you are struggling with pride, brother. I cannot believe that you're so prideful. You are just the most prideful person ever. And we what? Complain about their pride. We are complaining about their pride. And we don't see complaining as that bad. And then we go to somebody else and we're like, you're just so greedy. You just eat everything that is around. Like, I just went to the supermarket and I bought my favorite dessert and you just ate it all. You're just so greedy. It's complaining, right? We complain about wrath. We watch TV and we're complaining about wrath. We complain about envy. We complain about lust. We complain about all these things we see on TV. We complain about gluttony. We complain about the laziness. You're so lazy. Can't you just get up and do something for once in your life? Can't you just get up and do something? Can't you just go mow the lawn or something? Right? Rake the leaves. It's fall for crying out loud. Right? And what are we doing? We're complaining about it. I can't believe the neighbor has a lawnmower and I... I got to go pay somebody to do my lawn. I can't believe the neighbor. I can't believe the neighbor. I can't believe the neighbor. And we complain. And so we don't look at complaining as a, such a bad thing. But let's see what the Bible says about complaining. Philippians 2.14 it says, do everything without grumbling or arguing. I'm sorry, I made a mistake. Do some things without grumbling or arguing. Do everything without grumbling. Or arguing. 
everything. And then it even goes on to say in Philippians, in the next verse, so that, you guys know I love to hear that, right? So that you may become blameless and pure. So therefore, if we grumble and complain, it can inhibit us from being blameless and pure. It affects our purity with God when we grumble and complain. So before before God, we are even unclean. Children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation which we do live in. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. Do you see the effect of grumbling and arguing? What a command. A command with great promise, right? And what is the promise? That will shine like stars. How awesome is that? That grumbling and complaining will even prevent us from shining like stars. How amazing. And this is something that we do every day. I'm no different. I'm no exception. Now let's move into our text for today. Numbers 21. Starting in verse 4, it says, They traveled from Mount Or along the route to the Red Sea to go around Edom, where the people grew impatient on the way. That thing, impatient, boy, let me tell you, patience, that'll hurt you. Being impatient will hurt you. And they spoke against who? God and against Moses. So not just are they speaking against God, but they're speaking against his people. They're speaking against his leader and said, why have you brought us up out of Egypt? You don't. So ungrateful. I mean, up here, come up preaching it and I'm complaining. Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There is no bread. There is no water. And we detest this miserable food. (laughs) What? A plus in complaining. We detest this miserable food. Let me tell you. My wife knows that there's one thing. There's one thing. I have a rule that if my wife cooks something, best eat it. Look, if my wife cooks something, it is good. And you better eat it. If she puts it in front of me, 
It is good. And it will be eaten. And they're talking about this. We detest this miserable food. What? It is food. I love me some food. If it's given to me, I'm going to eat it. Invite me over and I'll show you. I will eat it. Verse 6, it says, Then the Lord sent venomous snakes among them. They bit the people and many Israelites died. The people came to Moses. Can you advance that one slide for me? For some reason I can't do it. Thank you. The people came to Moses and said, We sinned when we spoke against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take the snakes away from us. So Moses prayed for the people. The Lord said to Moses, one more time, please. The Lord said to Moses, make a snake and put it up on a pole. Anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it up on a pole. Then when anyone was bitten by a snake and looked at the bronze snake, they lived. How amazing is that? See, what was interesting is that right before, you know, in the chapter before, God explains to Moses that, look, you're not going to help them go into the promised land. And so they went into these battles, and Moses was absent from those battles. It was almost like God, God said, okay, you're, you're, you're going to take a break here. And then this happens. And then here comes Moses again to the rescue. Here comes God and Moses again to the rescue. And so indeed, according to Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. And so that will show you that complaining is sin. So much so that God said, I am sick and tired of your complaining. Before you complained about water, and I gave you water. Now you're still complaining about food. This time I'm not going to give you food. This time I'm going to give you venomous steaks because I'm done with you. Because you're still in sin. You haven't learned to be grateful. And so what did he do? He brought these snakes and he had them bite them. Venomous snakes. Because the wages of sin is death. Complaining is not a small sin. It can ruin your life. It can destroy you. Complain as little as possible. Of the wrongs done for you. Is what Frank's, Francis de Sales says. 
He says, complain as little as possible of the wrongs done, for, done to you. For commonly speaking, he who complains sins. Because self-love magnifies the injuries done to us. And makes us believe them greater than they really are. There is a spiritual epidemic of impatience that leads us to complaining. It's an epidemic. We're so impatient that we will not wait for God. And what we, what we do is something happens in our life, something critical, something bad happens in our life, and the first thing we will do is complain because we cannot wait for God to work in our lives. And so the instinct is, let me complain. So instead of waiting for God, instead of praying, we want to just complain. Why? Because we find it painful to trust and to wait for God. And both trust and unbelief can go viral. Which are we going to pass on? Which are you going to pass on to your children? Trust or unbelief? What are our children seeing us do? And again, I'm included. Complaining or trusting? Complaining about the things happening in our lives. Be it finances. Be it be it. Our neighbor, be it whatever it is, what are they seeing us complain about? You know, social media makes it worse. It seems like everyone is complaining. But you know what? Really, they're just, there's not that many people complaining on social media. A bunch of people, they're posting their pictures, they're posting their food, they're posting their exercise. And they're not so many people complaining on social media. But what happens is these, these algorithms push them up to the top. Their complaints, right? They push up all the, even the political complaints, the religious complaints, all these complaints, they push them up to the top because guess what? They figure that's what you like. You like the complaints. So they push them all up to the top to appease you because society likes to see the complaints. They like the drama. It excites us to... To see the complaints. So let's have an attitude check. About complaining. What are you complaining about? Bad customer service? Yeah. Right? In many places, it's terrible. Right? We complain about bad customer service. Right? I've written off a whole bunch of places because of bad customer service. I like to be, if I'm going to spend my money, I want to get my money's worth. Right? Telemarketers. Right? I spend money for an app so that I don't have to hear telemarketers on my phone anymore. Right, Tom? 
what's it called? Robo, Robocall. See, I give them money. I don't even remember what they're called. Just so I don't have to hear the telemarketers anymore. People who cut in line. Right? Hey, hey, where are you going? Right? You know, they just cut in line. Like, right? We complain about that. I remember when Travis, Travis is now homeschooled, but I remember when he was, was going to regular school and, and I'm going to pick him up and you're waiting there in line. You guys know this. You're waiting there in the line to pick up your kid. And somebody just decides that they could just cut in. And I'm like, how are you going to do that? I've been waiting here for an hour. Right? We complain about the weather. It's too cold. It's too hot. It's not cold enough. It's not hot enough. Right? Packages or letters that don't show up on time. Said it was going to get delivered yesterday. That was yesterday. Right? We complain about all these things. Traffic. Right? Some of us complain about traffic here. I used to live in Orlando. Want to try that traffic? I lived in LA. I lived in New York. Try that traffic. Atlanta. Oh, distance. Oh, it's too far. Again, I lived in Orlando. I lived in New York. Right? What's 20, what's 20 miles here is really 20 minutes. 20 miles in Orlando is 40 minutes. At least. Right? We complain about all these things. Trouble connecting to Wi-Fi. Oh, the pain and the horror. Right? First world problems, boy. Let me tell you, the pain and the struggle of not connecting to Wi-Fi. Oh, my goodness. Litter. And people who litter. Right? This morning, oh, my goodness. I got cleaning to do when I go home today. We just got a puppy. This morning, the puppy went outside, and I don't know what it is about Alabama with the red dirt. But it rained, and the puppy went outside, and he started to dig. And I was upstairs. I don't know what happened. I came downstairs, and all of downstairs is red mud puppy tracks. Even on the sofa. So I got cleaning to do when I go home. I just killed no complaint member right there. <laughs> All of y'all have a better chance than I do in no complaint member. All right? But what? But we complain about so many things. So many things. What you complain about, though, is often your idol. It's often your idol. 
It's the thing that means so much to you. God should have been who they worshipped. But they spoke against God. They spoke against God because of food. The people with Moses wanted food more than they wanted to trust in God. Who had just shown his power in amazing ways. He had shown his power in amazing ways. He rescued them out of Egypt. He he brought them through battles and they won battles because of him. And now they're hungry. And now, and they wanted water. He gave them water out of a rock. Sometimes our complaining can be so chronic and excessive that we complain even when it isn't justified. There was a man jailed, get this, for excessive complaining. The article goes like this. A man has been arrested on suspicion of fraudulent obstruction of business after making 24,000 complaint calls to his telephone to his local phone company. Akitashi Akamoto, I think that's how you say it, was angry with his telephone service provider for a variety of reasons, including the fact that he was unable to receive radio signals on his telephone. Police say that he initially demanded an apology apology in person from company staffers but later began immediately terminating the calls as soon as they were placed, averaging 33 calls per day. Police allege that in one particular week, Akimoto made over 400 calls. Sources say that this particular uptick of escalating behavior is emblematic of Japan's rapidly aging populace who need more outlets for expression. They certainly need to express themselves in other ways. You know, I try really hard not to complain. But no matter how hard I try, Satan gets the best of me and I complain about stupidity sometimes not my stupidity about other people's stupidity has any has anything happened in your life when you just feel like man that's just dumb like when, when you just like how could you really how could you do that and so my attitude toward my attitude towards stupidity and even evil and evil can sometimes control me. And I've seen I've seen married people complain about their spouses. And that's just ugly. But in fact, all our complaints are ugly. So what's the cure? What's the cure for complaining? 
Wouldn't it be great if the things we complain about were just taken away? Did you say no? Wouldn't it be great? Like sometimes, right? Like maybe not so much. Like you complain about your car and poof, it's gone. Like wouldn't that be great? Like you complain about your kids and poof, gone. No, we wouldn't want them gone. Right, would there be anything left, right? You wouldn't want them gone. So there has to be a better way, right? The better way, I think, is praise. We think of praise as pretty weak, though. How often do you think of praise? How often, how often do you really consider praise? Some of us, as I stand up here and I look around, some of us still won't clap when we're singing. Some of us won't even sing at all. So how do you think of praise? And some of us don't do those things because it takes too much vulnerability to do that. Have you ever seen praise as a powerful thing? Have you ever thought of it as, man, praise is powerful? Or is it just, oh, I'm just praising. Praise is powerful because it moves God. Right before the most popular scripture in the Bible today, our text from Numbers is brought up by Jesus himself. Praise is powerful. We hear John 3, 16, all the time is posted on billboards. But look at John 3, 14. John 3, 14. Just as Moses, and this is Jesus himself, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. Preach, Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Look, the problems aren't going away. People cutting you off in the line is not going away. Bad customer service is here to stay. It's not going anywhere. Remember, what they did was they asked for snakes to go away. But God didn't do that. He didn't get rid of the snakes. Instead, he provides a cure. 
He told Moses to put a snake on a pole. What does that remind you of? Our Savior on the cross. And this snake on the pole doesn't guarantee they will not be attacked. But it does offer therapy when an individual who is bitten looks at it. It offers a cure when an individual who is bitten by a snake looks at it. So what does that remind you of? That when you look at Jesus on the cross, you can be saved. When you put your gaze on Jesus on the cross, you can be saved. Instead of us complaining, where do we need to look? Jesus. And praise him. For the things that you already have. Instead of complaining about your kid, grateful that you have one. Instead of complaining about the house, it's messy. This dog is all over the house with messy paws. Guess what? I got a house to live in and I got a beautiful dog. Praise Jesus. But guess what? That takes faith. They didn't try to beat the snakes, chop them up with their swords, ignore the bites, apply medicine, or run away. No. That didn't save them. Salvation for them came through looking with faith to the uplifted servant. Serpent. And what's interesting is that this serpent of brass, it pictures Christ who became sin for us. Because in the, in the scriptures, a brass servant, serpent signifies judgment. So this brass serpent that signifies judgment Pictures Christ who became sin for us because he, he, he became sin and was judged for us, bore our judgment. And note that the serpent wasn't effective in Moses' hand or on a shelf, on the ground. It had to be lifted up. Christ had to be crucified for us to save us. When life takes its turn and you get bit, where do you look? We still live in a sin-filled world. We get bit all the time. But in whom is your hope? Who do you lift up? Put your hope in Jesus who live, who fights for and provides for his people. Moses' prayer reminds me of Jesus' prayer on the cross. Where Jesus says, Father, forgive them for they, they don't know what they're doing. I don't think we understand the repercussions of our But there is grace and there's forgiveness.
So we have a choice to complain or to look to the cross. We have a choice to look down at our problems or to look up in praise. To hang our heads in shame or to hold our heads up high with a gaze on the cross. To go looking for all sorts of remedies for the bites or the cure God provided in the center of the camp for everyone to see. He puts the answer there for all to see in Jesus because he is sufficient for immediate healing. It wasn't a healing that took forever. All they had to do was look at it and they were healed. And so here's what it does when we look to see the Son of Man lifted up and exalted. Guess what it does? One major thing. It takes away any right we have to complain. It takes away any right that any one of us has to complain. We have no right to complain. He had it worse than any one of us. And he did it for you. Isaiah 53.7, it says, He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led, to, led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as sheep before its sharers are silent. So he did not open his mouth. Can you imagine a sheep in front of his sharers? And he's silent. He didn't open his mouth. He, he didn't retaliate, retaliate nothing. He didn't even try to stop the injustice. He didn't try to defend himself. He was willing, willingly led to death for the sake of those who would believe. Do we have the right to complain? And so... Let's go ahead and start this No Complaint Vember challenge. Know that it will be hard, but praise makes it possible. It's the secret weapon. No matter how bad the poisonous snakes get, Jesus is still within view if we look up from our problems and praise. And I want to also propose that in our Bible talks this week, I've mentioned this to the family group leaders, that we have Bible talks. Did you hear? Not Bible talks, but Bible talks. Just wanted to make sure that you heard me. Where we sit and have deeper discussions of this week's message over some good homemade or store-bought apple, pecan, not pecan. I, I accidentally had did a typo on our group me and I put pecan, like, like P-E-A, can. Pecan, um... 
or pumpkin pie, right? We'll sit down and have that. So we'll have our Bible talk over some pie. But filled, let's be filled with pie and the word of God. Amen. I think we we can do this this month. I think we can we can we can challenge ourselves not to complain. And I think we will be better for it and God will be exalted. Amen.